Ladies and gentlemen, this is my grandson, Henry David King. Say hi, buddy. What's happening? This is what, what, what do you want? This is one of the greatest things that's happened to us. Well, this is the greatest thing that's happened to us in 2019, right? You, you see them? Everybody saying hi to you? Uh, babies, this little boy gives me, gives us more. Grandparents, right? They give us so much joy. Sometimes your heart breaks, right? This little boy continues to break my heart. He's adorable. We, lately, been, we've been watching his little personality develop. And it is lovely to have babies around, right? But uh, they're a load, too, <laughs> right? Because you got to take care of them. Um, they could hurt themselves at a moment's notice. Um, they need to be fed. They need to have their diaper changed. Thankfully, that happened right before we started here <laughs> today. But I just wanted my grandson to meet my church family. And uh, so there he is. There's something puzzling to me, though, about um, babies. They're adorable, they're sweet, they're cuddly, loving, inquisitive, all those things. And yes, they're a lot of work, and they are unbelievably dependent. Let's be honest about this. If you don't feed them, they don't eat. If you don't change their clothes, they're, uh, they're not going to do it themselves. You have to change their diapers, and they need to have assistance in learning all there is to learn. So here's what that does to me. It puzzles me. It puzzles me when you think of the dependence of a child, why God decided to become a baby. Does it puzzle? I mean, it puzzles me. I think it's confusing that God would make his entrance into the world as a baby, reliant, meek, drooling, crying, and needing his divine diaper changed. The God-man baby is a complete, utter departure from the God we learn about in the Old Testament, the God of the thousands of years prior to the first century. I mean, you look in the Old Testament, you see a brooding God thinking the universe into existence. We see an angry God of the flood regretting that he had made mankind. We have the judge and jury God who... who uh, calls down fire on Sodom and Gomorrah, and we see the, the avenging God who has, sends waves of plagues to free his people from Egypt, and the dangerous God of Mount Sinai that you couldn't get close to him at risk of death. The God of the Old Testament, the God that we read about in the Old Testament prior to Jesus is anything but humble, anything but meek, and anything but dependent. So you would think that that God, if he was going to make his debut into this world, it would look more like this. But no, that's not how God made his debut. Jude, can you help me out? This also is my grandson, Jude. And I wanted you to meet him as well. And Jude and 
Isabella and Anya, we have been Papa and Nana to them for years, and I'm so glad you're here too. So would you welcome Jude and his... All right. Now, I got a serious question for you. In this bag, can you see a little teeny dot? Can you see that right there? You know what that is? That's a poppy seed, okay? That's how big Jesus was at four days when he was an embryo, when he was in his mommy. He was that big. Isn't that hard to believe? Can you see that? That, thank you. You did a good job of seeing that for me. Thank you, Jim. <laughs> so, this puzzles me. This puzzles me that the God of the universe would become the size of a poppy seed and then, of course, the size of a blueberry and then the size of eventually of an avocado and then the size of a pineapple and some of them the size of a watermelon, right? Why? Until the, when he made his entrance into this world, he was squinting. He was gasping for breath. He was desperate to find his mother's breast. Why? Let's read about it. Grab a Bible and read the passage we've heard already several times today from Luke chapter 2. Um, verses 1 to 7, page 851. Got a Bible? I'm going to read this. We'll talk about it a little bit, and then I'm going to show you one other passage a little bit later, so keep your Bible open on your lap. Here we go. We all fam- you could probably say this by memory. At, the time, at that time, which is the time John the Baptist was, was born, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. Now, all returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. And he took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth. In other translations, what's the word we use? She what? Swaddled him. She went. Interestingly enough, that word swaddled shows up twice. Here, and then Barry showed us last week, when the angels appear to the shepherd, they also say, when you go to Bethlehem, you're going to find a baby who is swaddled. I find it interesting. Why was that? We'll get to that in a minute. She wrapped him. She swaddled him, laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available. Now, swaddling, because I'm a dude and I don't quite understand all this, but apparently swaddling is what babies like because, you know, for nine months they're in the womb and they like the cramped quarters and when they come out, it's a little freaky for them, apparently, so they have to be swaddled. Here's Henry. I th- was this, uh, Lucy, the day he was born? Okay, this was the day he was born um, and he was swaddled and my family laughs at me in this because I couldn't look at him swaddled because I am claustrophobic and even swaddling him freaked me out because I can't imagine being... But apparently it's a really good thing because babies are insecure. Why did God enter the world insecure? Having the need to be swaddled, which Luke says twice, he points it out. 
This is the hypostatic union. Can we get theological for a second? The hypostatic union is the phrase, the mysterious joining of the divine and the human into one person, Jesus. This is God in the flesh. This is an insecure, swaddled infant crying, cooing, eating, peeing, and pooping. This is God. And this is befuddling. And it's crazy. Why did God become an ordinary baby? Well, as you can guess, there are plenty of theories, right? Theologians have thought about this for, for centuries. So I'll offer a few theories. Why God became a baby, and then I'll offer my own at the end, which I find really moving. But here we go. Why did God become an ordinary baby? Well, one theory says it was because to better to be able to relate to us. Because if Jesus came as a, an ordinary a baby, and then he grew up to become an ordinary, you know, live an ordinary life and face temptations like all of us. He could understand, the, understand us, and he could relate to us. That makes all kinds of sense. Second theory, why did God become an ordinary baby? To be approachable, some people say. Uh, St. Teresa of Lisieux, one of the old mothers, uh, uh, church mothers, said, a God who became so small could only be mercy and love. So it gives us the picture that God is the God of mercy and God is the God of love. Maybe that's why he became a baby. Here's another theory. Why did God become an ordinary baby? To remind us that he came to give us new life. Because Jesus said this when he was older and he was 30-some years old. He was meeting with a, with, with a church leader, a religious leader, and he said, unless you are born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. And so maybe this symbolic birth of God in ordinary baby form was to remind us that we too have to be born again. And those theories are all undoubtedly true or have elements of truth, but there's another idea that absolutely captivates my imagination. Why did God become an ordinary baby? And it motivates me and it inspires me. So watch this. Why did God become an ordinary baby? I think to show us how, not that, but how the power of God would actually transform the world. I'll explain that in a minute. To show us how that would happen. In other, in other words, to represent to us, he came as an ordinary baby, to represent to us how heaven meets earth. To represent, as Barry described it last week, the upside-down kingdom where humility is power. Why did God become an ordinary baby? To show us that the power of God will transform the world through unexpectedly small things and through common, ordinary people. By the way, that's like you. A swaddled baby says, this is how God works in the world. Poppy seeds become powerhouses. The meek inherit the earth. Now, just eight days after he was born, he, he had to go to that most common of practices that most little boys go through. He had to go through his circumcision. And so eight days after he's born, Joseph and Mary bundle him up and they take him to the temple. And while he's there, he runs into a guy named Simeon. Mary and Joseph run into a guy named Simeon. And he's a prophet. He's been waiting forever for God to bring some sort of resolution to Israel and they walk in and somehow, prophetically, the Holy Spirit speaks to him and he sees this baby and it's like, oh, let me, let me hold this baby. And he takes the baby in his arms and he says something remarkable. And remember, here's Mary and Joseph. Now, I don't understand 
from what I understand, watching Lucy go through this and Penny go through this, of course, there's mothers, you don't bounce back right away after having a baby physically, right, moms? So here comes Mary, still trying to struggle having this baby. Here comes Joseph, confused, what am I going to do now? And Simeon says, let me take this little teeny baby in my arms before we get him circumcised. And look what he says in verse 34 of Luke chapter 2. Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, the, mother, the baby's mother, this child, remember, eight days old, teeny-weeny bitty Jesus, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. Third time the word many. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword, oh, by the way, a sword will pierce your very soul. Mary, you know, Amy described her, this peasant girl, and she finds out this baby's going to cause her heart to break at eight days old. And yet, here's Simeon saying, little teeny baby Jesus, God become flesh, is going to upend many, many people's lives. Some to rise, some to fall. And he's going to judge the thoughts and hearts and minds of people. It's crazy. Did I drop my poppy seed? There it is. Little baby Jesus, born to represent an upside-down kingdom, the power of a baby on man. This baby, they were a working-class family who shortly had to head become refugees in Egypt. And then Jesus grew up and all his entire life lived under the suspicion of a, a, a of. You, you heard how he was born, and his, this, this, this was not right. I mean, he's always suspicion over his life. And then his siblings thought he was crazy, thought he was insane. And yet this little boy, this ordinary boy, would transform every single thing about human culture and bring heaven to earth. This is how God works. The power of the divine delivered in small, insignificant ways. And that's the point of the incarnation. Heaven meets earth in the ordinary. Miracles happen among the commonplace. The power of God will transform the world through unexpectedly small things and common ordinary people. It won't surprise you that when Jesus grew up and he started this ministry about 30 years old, he took this theme and he exploded it. And everywhere he went, he talked about this upside-down kingdom. He said, the kingdom, of, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. He said, the meek and the poor in spirit will inherit the earth. He said, if you want to be great, you become a servant of all. And to enter the kingdom of God, you become like a child. And this theme is picked up even after Jesus died on the cross and rose and ascended to heaven. Years later, leaders of the church picked up this same theme about this smallness exploding in power and the nothingness of people becoming it. Well, listen to what Paul said, said to the church in Corinth. He said, remember, dear friends and brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes. You weren't wise, but you weren't powerful. You weren't wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they're wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. 
get, get to wrap your head around this. This baby was the first in the line of the nobodies of the kingdom. He paved the way for fragile people like you and foolish people, yes, like me. The broken people and the nothings of society like many of us. The ordin we're, just or we're just ordinary folks. We're just ordinary people. But because God did this and entered the world in poppy seed size, he was saying, this is how heaven intersects earth. Look, I know that 2019 has been a heck of a year for you. You would probably choose another word other than heck of a year. It's been a bad year, I know, for many of you. Every hour I've said this, I've looked at, I've seen people burst into tears. I've seen people nod their heads. It's been a tough year. And for me it as well, ex except for Henry's birth, it's been a tough year, okay? We are broken people. Look at you. I mean, you're all put together. You look great, by the way. You look fantastic tonight. You look good. Okay, so I don't want to say otherwise. But let's be honest about what's happening inside. But here's the point. Here's the point. You don't have to get yourself squared away. You don't have to become power in, powerful in your brokenness, in your ordinariness, in your fragility. You have, the, you have the opportunity to represent the power of God on this planet. That wherever you walk in your ordinariness, when you walk as a child of God and you live a simple, loving, Christ-like life, the world will shake where you walk because this is why God became a baby to show us in poppy seed form how we're going to revolutionize the world. That's you. It's all of us. So stop trying to make your grand entrance into this world. Stop trying to impress. Stop trying to be perfect. You have worked so hard to be perfect. Just let it go. And try, stop trying to accumulate the titles and the praise and the notoriety. Just be a child of God. My friends, what if Americans right now at this perilous time in American history, we decided to live like children of God? What if we decided to live in such a way that we lived simply and served people and loved always and lived meekly and childlike and in our little broken halting ways represented the power of God? What would happen if that, if that happened? How could we change the world if we walk like children into this world and said, I love you in simple ways? You are ordinary by birth, but you are extraordinary by destiny. And don't you ever forget that. And through you, child of God, he will do miracles. He will change lives. And he will leave a legacy. I'm telling you, no heroes needed. No heroes needed. Just ordinary people. You, like him, dependent. But oh, so powerful. Amen. Let's pray. Amen. I just have a sense that for all the broken and the fragile, I just need your Holy Spirit to meet them where they are and tell them it's okay. Tell them it's all right and that you want to transform them and that even though they feel the size of a poppy seed, they pack the power of a dynamo. Because the Holy Spirit lives within them. Bring healing, bring courage, and help us move into this world that wherever we walk in the name of Jesus Christ, the world will shake. And this is all possible because of you, Jesus, taking the huge risk of setting aside your divine power to become poppy seed size to show us 
where real power comes from. I thank you in your holy name. Amen.